Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things over a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Gentry. Lou Cirillo. Jake Rowling. And Patrick Kuchkowski. Today, we're going to be talking about crisis management. When everything goes wrong, how do you <laughs> react as as a PM, and how do you how do you lead through a crisis? So I think we all have examples of this in our work history. So I'd like to kind of just go around and, and kind of explain what the crisis was, um, what you guys were expecting, what happened, and how you managed it. Um, let's start with Jake. Yes, yeah, so this is probably oh man, maybe a year and a half ago now, but. Historically, at Ibotta, um, when our users would share transaction or purchase information from Walmart, there's historically been a QR code on Walmart receipts. And what our users could do is take a picture of that QR code, and then Walmart would send us the the receipt data, which we would then use to match offers um, or reward reward our users um, for offers that they they bought qualifying products for. So. One day, and it just so happened that it was a Friday afternoon because this is when crises tend to happen. Um, Walmart pulled the QR code off of all of their receipts. So all of a sudden, we just got flooded with users telling us that they can't upload their receipt to Ibotta anymore because there's no longer a QR code on the Walmart receipt. So what did we do? Well... First, we had to rule out that it wasn't an Ibotta problem. We didn't actually have true confirmation that this was a global change from Walmart. So we needed to make sure that nothing was broken. So we got everyone into, we got the team together and we just started getting evidence out onto the table. Like, what do we know? And just started putting a bunch of bullet points up on a whiteboard um, and just started talking through all the different pieces of evidence that we know. And then we just started to piece together what we thought was happening. And ultimately, as we got more more data in, more user feedback coming in, and we got more user complaints, it was all over the place. It was in our support channels. It was on social media um, coming through from just about all, all parts. Um, we, we, got, we got to a place where we had figured out that, yes, the QR code was gone. So what did we do? Well, first, first step is we needed to give users the ability to actually upload a receipt. So we switched to kind of one of our original products, which is to actually take a picture of the receipt and use optical character recognition to read the text on that receipt so we could get an understanding of what the user bought. So that was kind of the, the mission critical thing is we need to be able to get credit to our users and then we can figure out what to do about the QR code. So that was step number one really just plug the hole before the ship sinks. At that point, we started to, we had already been in contact with a number of Walmart product folks. So we started reaching out to them uh, because we had been, they had been telling us that this was coming um, at some point over the next like year. Um, But they didn't, they didn't tell us at that moment that it was going away on a Friday afternoon um, so we, we pinged our contacts at Walmart and they said, Hey, look, like this is a, an example of one side of the organization, not really talking to the other side. Let's see what, let me, let us see what we can do for you. And we'll get back to you here over the next couple of hours. Um, so their product team went off and worked a little bit of magic and eventually they got the QR code put back on the receipt. Um, 
and we were we were then able to kind of revert back to that original flow um which was it was then sunset a couple of months later and in a little bit more of a gradual fashion um but yeah that was the crisis when all of a sudden users at walmart could no longer earn credit at ibotta on a friday afternoon probably worth it's adding fun. that walmart is like 70 percent of a lot of our up receipt uploads so pretty big deal when they can't yeah if walmart goes down we have a problem yeah which is funny because the crisis story I was going to tell also involved Walmart. <laughs> so, let's hear it. Well, let's hear right. it. Yeah. So I think about three months after I started at Ibotta, we had been kind of looking at adding affiliate deals into the browser extension product, which obviously meant that because we had no team that was dealing with our affiliate side of the company and we outsourced pretty much all of it to another business. Um, you know, it was a pretty new field of expansion for us. And one day, one of the uh, guys from client partnerships came up who manages um, the Walmart kind of affiliate deals account and basically said, hey, uh, so Walmart announced that they're going to completely ditch the partner that we um, work with in order to do affiliate deals. And as a result, we're going to have a major loss because we'll no longer be able to offer that content to our savers effective end of the year. So, and this was uh, T minus 30 days from when, uh, basically when I got the notification there that that's what they were planning on doing. So the current thinking from a lot of them was, hey, can we get Walmart to extend this? Hey, can we convince that, like, hey, can we really convince them to, you know, kind of go back on their plans and, and actually not? And I think a few of us kind of knew, yeah, that's kind of a hope in hell. So, <clears throat> You know, we we uh, we knew that they weren't going to backtrack on that one. The the data seemed pretty clear. Apparently, they'd been kind of letting us know for some period of time, but we didn't really take them seriously. And actually, that was the marker that I used to jumpstart kind of the affiliate squad that's inside of Ibotta. Was our our first goal was can we tackle that? So with the uh, people from client partnerships, we got on the phone with Walmart and basically said, hey, we're gonna we'll make this. Uh, this transition, but it's going to take us probably about three months to do it. And we gave a deadline of March 31st and basically said, Hey, we, you know, we'll be ready to go by here and you know, let's, let's go. So we ended up spooling up a, a team kind of doing some really quick thinking and hack together an MVP solution uh, to prevent Walmart from dropping off the platform. Um, we actually, got that system up and running by by March 31st, which was absolutely fantastic, only to have COVID hit and Walmart pulled the deal anyway. So um, kind of a bit of a disaster scenario on, on all sides, but at least the good news was that the way we designed the system was dynamic enough that even though Walmart got pulled, we were able to uh, activate over 300 new affiliate partners in that period of time based on that system at record speed. So we didn't just design for, hey, can we build something for Walmart? We thought a little bit longer term and said, hey, how can we not only build this for Walmart, but build it in an extensible way that you know can manage the, the crisis. But for us, it was really come up with a solution, present it out, ask for some extra time and negotiate, and then engineer that solution, make sure you meet your deadlines and still keep playing crisis management because COVID happened and we had to do that anyway. That's interesting. Um, Patrick, what do you got? Do you have any crisis stories you, you want to share? It's funny. I've been kind of kicking around in my brain, which ones um, I always chuckle at because like 
crises at Ibotta always seem so small to me. <laughs> like, I'm like, no one's lives are the lo- online, you know, I'm not dealing with people, you're not getting shot at anymore, like all that sort of stuff, which, you know, used to matter. And so it's it's funny to go from, you know, like the army crisis management to Ibotta crisis management, two very different things. So you're like, oh, okay. Um, but that is good to like keep in perspective with any crisis that you're dealing in a software company. You're not, you're not, you're not saving any lives. You're not, yeah, you're not, there's no, no one's getting killed. So that's definitely something to keep in mind when, you know, tensions are high and uh, stressors are high. Yeah. It's always become kind of a fun maxim to basically be like, it's just coupons, you know, like the world isn't going to end. It seems like it's a crisis now, but it'll pass. That said, I think it's interesting because, you know, having been across a number of different companies and especially different roles that I bought, I think the ones that were probably the most notable because the severity of it was so isolated to like a couple of days was actually about fraud. So as anyone would expect, fraud tends to be one of these concerns that any company that's giving away money is going to be keeping front of mind. I think for us, the holidays tend to be the prime vulnerability because a lot of fraudsters are going to be trying to bash in our systems a bit, try and find these vulnerabilities. And they know that oftentimes around Christmas and New Year's, a lot of our company is going to be on holiday. So now, you know, you don't have people monitoring the system quite as well. And we had actually done a number of fraud mitigation measures and put those in place about two years ago. Um, but there was a, we were balancing back and forth between fraud will happen. So you have to expect that there will be some fraud without having so much false positives coming in such that actual real people are being impacted. And so for us, we were like, okay, well, with holidays, we already knew a bunch of our users and savers had come in had made a bunch of purchases. We're trying to cash out. We're getting caught in a lot of these fraud and mitigation measures. So we actually ramped them back a little bit. But sure enough, right around the holidays, then I think right after Christmas, quite literally Black Friday, like a fraud ring got in there and was trying to basically run a bunch of fake receipts through the system. And they were tallying up about $10,000 a day um, worth of receipts. And we didn't catch it until about day four. So at that point, they were starting to escalate the volume. And so we were creeping from 10,000 towards 100,000. Uh, fortunately, most of our systems are in place in order to prevent them from actually withdrawing the cash. But we were seeing, you know, this massive spike and caused all of us to kind of go into a panic. So it was interesting because for us as product managers, it's a, it's a constant reminder that as much as we say we can take time off or we can really unwind, you do need to have access to something or at least make sure that you have something in place so that people can step in. In this case, we had a very on-deck fraud team, so they're able to quickly mitigate that. Um, and we were able to jump on a couple of quick calls, even while everybody was scattered across the country pre-COVID. Um, but it was just a good reminder that something is bound to hit at the worst possible time. But managed to stop that, at least, and put better fraud mitigation in place over time. So call it a win-win. Yeah, that's interesting. I think, like, the what does that do to your guys' roadmap or plans, right? Like, I think... You know, one, you have to jump on something that you it was unexpected. Um, don't know how long it's going to take to resolve. 
And that really throws a wrench and might pivot your roadmap immediately, right? Uh, depending, like for Patrick, what you said, putting fraud mitigation plans in place to, to deal with that. So, um, how do you guys how do you guys manage when whether to not whether or not to to adjust the roadmaps and, and pivot and jump on something? Like what what defines a crisis? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious if you're losing a bunch of money, that's definitely going to be a crisis. I think both Jake and Lou's examples also highlight, you know, lost partnership opportunities or pivots that were costing the company quite a bit of money as well, just in different ways. So you may not see leaving right out the door kind of thing, but obviously, you know, if Walmart, for instance, so those receipts can't be scanned, you know, you're talking just as much loss per day just from that inability relative to fraud or something similar. I think that's where it's like, well, roadmaps are aspirational. They're never carved into stone. And so you're never saying, hey, we're going to drop everything or we're not going to you know, drop everything. We're just going to do exactly this thing because it's there. So I think it requires a bit of, you know, understanding that this is going to have to adjust your roadmap. It just may mean things shift to the right or get pulled up. Um, but I think it's just a constant conversation. Yeah, I'd also say when you when you're defining it, it's obviously different for every company, right? In a B two C, you know, company like us, where we interact directly with customers, right? We want to do anything that do anything that prevents a negative experience, right? And I think you're going to measure that on different grades. In our case, not being able to upload a receipt and get cash, massively negative, you know, saver experience maybe a slight glitch on a small button inside of the mobile app or inside of the browser extension may not a crisis right even if you know so you have to i think start by ranking what its effect is how many people does it how many people does it affect how much capital are we losing what's the opportunity cost if all of our walmart savers now distrust ibotta and we have to reacquire them at a cost of you know x per saver so I think you kind of have to factor in everything. And then the next part is crisis management doesn't always mean that it completely blows up your roadmap. It might mean, hey, let's shift one or two of our top engineers to look at this problem and see if they can come up with a solution. I'd say most of the time, it's pretty rare that you're going to be like, hey, we need to pull an entire team. You know, I mean, I've seen it once or twice now, but it's pretty rare that we would say, hey, we need to pull an entire team and we're going to create a full initiative with 20 or 30 stories and we're going to go ahead and thunder it out because we have to. I would say that's decently rare, but a lot of times the small crisis management or the things that are breaking immediately, maybe it's just a couple of people that you need from across your team or subgroups and just hack it out and solve it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, that it, it also informs product strategy, right? So thinking more holistically, yeah, we need a fraud team. <laughs> like it kind of points those things out, like that maybe we weren't planning for or weren't expecting um, when crisis do hit. It's just new learnings that that cause you to to pivot strategy, um, and depending on the severity of the new learning, uh, determines the impact of, of the next step to strategy that you're you're implementing. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, so I, I don't have a specific story that I um I have a good story that you guys have great great ones that you had queued up and had all this time to think about something and I don't have something great. Um, <laughs> I could talk about a little bit about um, 
I, you mentioned B2C, Lou, but for, for the most part, the ad products that I was working on was mainly B2B, so not, not as high visibility. Um, there is still a saver-facing component, but we never had anything too terribly go wrong um, for the saver-facing component. Definitely for the, the B2B component where, you know, we would be, we'd have issues with billing, which everyone loves billing. That's <laughs> always the best part of the company. Everyone wants to work on that and they're excited about it. Just kidding. <laughs> but, um, so, so we would have scenarios where, you know, we would miss a certain amount of uh, a revenue that we could have billed for and we should have, and we didn't um, because uh, you know, the, the backend systems are complex. There's a lot of bill, uh, billing logic involved, a lot of steps involved for something to get through the pipe. So you end up like, um, what we ended up having to do was pause our roadmap uh, to, to manage those uh, uh, discrepancies, um, irregularities in the billing system so that we, we can kind of iron that out. But ended up taking a long time to solve because we weren't a team that was really focused on uh, a, fi- a fintech or billing component of, uh, of our product, right? So we were really focused on the ad. So there is a billing component to it, but it was, wasn't just our primary focus. So it was something that we had to like dive in, learn about, and it just took time. It took a lot of time to get up to speed on the issue, figure out what was going wrong and put a plan in place to resolve. Um, but that really did put a pause on our roadmap um, that, that really lasted you know, at least a good quarter, especially because we had new folks on the team that were unfamiliar with the, the systems that we built. So it was it was a lot of engineers getting up to speed on the issues. Um, and then with all that complex logic, I think we had like, you know, at least 20 different types of products that build different ways and had different logics. So getting a hold of where those logic, where that logic is in the system and how that informs the downstream systems and where the other manual steps in the process to get to a client um, was pretty unwieldy. Um, It was a good, it was good that we were able to put together a document and a plan in place to resolve it. But it it was just definitely a a big shift in the, in what we were focusing on at the time. Um, but I mean, the way that we assessed why we should do that is is the the revenue loss, like Patrick mentioned. I think that was the big thing: the revenue loss, the the risk, and then to lose comment about experience, our client experience. Right? We don't want to we don't want to um, come off that we don't know what we're doing in terms of billing them the right amount or not billing them at all or billing them too much. Right? Like we want to make sure that, that that kind of area of the business is buttoned up um, from their experience. So. Um, it, it's a mix of those things, the experience and the revenue loss, the, the retention, the satisfaction, right? Well, um, so what, what kind of advice do you guys have for aspiring PMs um, around crisis management, um, you know, when it, when it happens for, the, for, them, for the, them experiencing it for the first time? Like what, what advice can you guys give to them? Don't say panic. That was going to be my advice. Calm down. Like you need to act most of the time you'll need to act quickly, but acting quickly shouldn't be frantic to just be a calm down. You're the PM decide on a solution, execute on it. I will also say, make sure you're quantifying the actual crisis because you'd be surprised the amount of times people are very close to a problem and freak out. And so they go, Oh my God, this is a great point. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that is a great point. 
Um, yeah, sorry, so go ahead, Jake. I was say kind of building on that. I found that in a crisis, don't rush. Right. I think that that's kind of what I'm hearing from you, Patrick, or just like, don't rush, just take a moment, step back, try to get a, an idea of what is actually happening, whether that's quantifying it, whether that's waiting for more inputs, put all that information out there and just try to, I think as the PM, your job is really to guide the team through that process of collecting that information, figuring out what is the kind of core problem underpinning it, and then working through that solution. But yeah, doing it deliberately, not, I don't want to say slowly, like you definitely need to move quickly, but you, you really want to measure twice and cut once. And yeah, the other thing I would add in there too, is like, trust your team as well. Like you're not the only one to solve the crisis. Like it's not, it's not on you half the time when something breaks or anything else comes up. I just go, I have no idea how to solve this particular problem, but I bet so-and-so does. And I don't mean to lob it over the fence, but I'll lob it over the fence a little bit and, you know, report on the status as it comes out. Yeah. To add to that, like be a rock for your team, show leadership. That's what a product role is meant to be here in, in crisis um, that they'll be looking for you. And if you're frantic and freaking out, they'll be even more frantic and freaking out. So um, yeah, definitely be that rock, do the analysis, do the upfront work, shield the team if necessary and help guide them through the crisis um, um, with your expertise and in, in, in your role. So um, awesome. Um, one last thing, this is my last day at Ibotta. So um, it's a little bittersweet. I'm going to a, a startup, um, super excited about it, but uh, bummed to be leaving the team. But what that means for product coffee is that we are going to take product coffee outside of just Ibotta. We're going to expand and, and bring in some of the old crew that have left for other jobs. Um, Zach and, and Jamie, um, if you guys remember them on the podcast, um, they're going to be joining again and we'll, we'll still be doing this. So um, it'll just look a little different, sound a little different, I'm sure. Um, but um, we're excited to kind of expand the product um, uh, leadership podcast around, you know, outside of just the Ibotta space and, and on into other sectors. So we get to catch up with some old members and see what they're up to now and how that kind of correlates uh, um, to, to the work we're doing in every day to day. So hopefully that helps you, the listener, um, understand what it's like uh, with other uh, at other companies. And, and yeah, write in, let us know what you think. Rate us, review us, all that fun stuff. Suggest anything if you have topics. And um, looks like we finished up our coffee, so uh, go level up.